The Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons enter their Week 17 matchup coming from a similar place, where you feel like this team can hang with anybody, but you also feel like this team could lose to just about anybody. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover Thursday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Falcons podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, alongside Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons, here to get you ready for this exciting Bears-Falcons matchup, two of the best teams in the NFL, of course, uh, going head-to-head, but maybe, maybe just maybe a, a future audition game for Justin Fields playing for maybe in his next team. We'll get into that and some other things on the Crossover Podcast today. Our crossover is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Aaron, let's start with that quarterback position in Atlanta. I know Tyler Heineke limited in practice on Wednesday, probably not a big overall injury concern, but but quarterback-wise, like for Bears fans that haven't been following the Falcons, uh, what made them go from Ritter to Heineke, and what has that change been like? Uh, the turnovers with Desmond Ritter. He just kept giving the ball away, and then, you know, he's generally been good in the fourth quarter this season, and then against the Carolina Panthers, he threw sort of a game ceiling interception where the Falcons could have potentially put the game away, and that gave Carolina the ball back and allowed. And then, you know, they went down the field and, and scored sort of the game winner after that point. Um, and so that's the main reason. It just Desmond Ritter, they just couldn't really rely on him to not turn the ball over. He's only had a, a handful of games this year where he's played relatively clean without any turnovers. Uh, and, you know, Taylor Heineke did a solid job last week kind of managing the game. It was really just kind of a lot of screens, a lot of checkdowns. Um, didn't, you know, he did put the ball in harm's way a couple of times, as Taylor Heineke tends to do. But fortunately for the Falcons, they got some lucky bounces and, and none of them wound up um, in the Indianapolis Colts' hands. So uh, right now, like the Falcons quarterback situation, I, I think overall, you're not getting a whole lot of difference between those two guys at this point in time. But uh Right now, you know, the Falcons are potentially searching for a new quarterback or at least looking forward to the offseason where they'll be searching for a new quarterback, you know, barring, you know, Taylor Heineke doing the improbable and leading this team uh, to the playoffs, which is they got a real thin shot. Uh, and basically this weekend is going to decide whether or not the Falcons have a real chance to to make the playoffs in week 18, uh, depending on what happens in this game and with the Bucs when they play the Saints. But uh, yeah, the Falcons may be shopping for a quarterback. And I know a lot of folks are looking at the quarterback on the Chicago Bears as a quote-unquote future Falcon. I don't quite see it, but you know, I think those rumors might get into a frenzy if, if Justin Fields plays really well on Sunday as sort of the quote-unquote audition for the 2024 Falcons. Yeah, that's that's really kind of the big storyline over the last couple of weeks of the season for the Bears is what what the quarterback situation is going to be like, but also the head coaching situation. Those two guys are playing and coaching for their jobs at this point. Nothing's guaranteed that they'll be gone and nothing's guaranteed that they'll be back. And it's kind of totally up in the air. And and even these last two games can do a lot to sway that in either direction. And we're seeing a good, a pretty good Falcons defense, at least statistically this season that should challenge Justin Fields in some additional ways. And we know he's played against a good Browns defense a couple of weeks ago and a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent like Lions team overall that he was able to beat. I know their defense hasn't been hasn't been nearly as good, but like this has been a real test for Fields and 
I think if you ask 10 different Bears fans how Field is done, you might get 10 different answers. It's been very much a Rorschach, chat, Rorschach test kind of quarterback right now, where it's like if you like him and you value his mobility a lot, like you're, you're, you're all in on Fields coming back in 2023. And if you're not crazy about him and feel like he needs to do more as a passer, then it's been pretty clear to you that, oh, they should definitely not bring him back. They're very, very polarized as, thing, as things stand right now. And really, in Chicago, the question comes down to who the next head coach is going to be. If Matt Eberflus comes back, much more likely that Justin Fields comes back. But if a new head coach comes in, much more likely that that new head coach is going to want to go get their quarterback and get their guy at the quarterback spot. And I'm I'm kind of wondering how that dynamic plays in in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. Like how it seems like hot seat for sure, but like is he is he also coaching for his job and do you think Arthur Smith if he's the head coach does that make a Justin Fields thing more or less likely than maybe a different coach who could fall in love with Fields or do they feel, do you feel like they'll have other quarterback options regardless that might be more intriguing for them? They'll have other quarterback options. I don't know if they're better options. You know, uh, Kirk Cousins coming off an injury, Ryan Tannehill kind of washed at this Ooh. point in time. You know, Russell Wilson and his contract, Kyler oh, yeah. Murray and his, you know. So we'll see where the Falcons wind up picking in the draft. But I think the hope is that they'll be in a position to potentially get somebody uh, in round one. But we'll just sort of see how they finish. With Arthur Smith, yeah, I, he's he's not guaranteed to be back. I think last week's win should keep him here. Um, I think. The Falcons' ownership, Arthur Blink, doesn't want to fire him, and I think the impressive win that they had last week against the Colts should be enough for him to uh, maintain his job. But obviously, there's two games left to be played, and if they really struggle in these two matchups, especially on the road where they have consistently struggled this year, um, you know that may sort of move the needle uh, against Arthur Smith. But I, I, I would sit here and say that I think the the betting money is that he will be back in 2024. Mm. I don't see Arthur Smith being in love with Justin Fields. I, I don't think the I, everything I've heard was that they didn't love him when he was coming out, and that's why they didn't take him at four overall, where there was a lot of talk that they they could um, with quarterbacks going one, two, three, potentially four uh, in that top of that 21, 21 draft. Um, and I don't think Fields has really done enough to to make you feel like, hey, if you didn't love him coming into the league, that he's like proving you wrong in that regard. So it kind of is what you're talking about with the sort of polarizing opinion so i don't quite see it with the falcons if arthur smith is back liking justin fields but maybe if there's a new coach and they look around and they're like yeah we you know kirk cousins ryan Tannehill, some of these other options we're not picking high enough yeah maybe justin fields is our best option since you mentioned the top of the draft, I think a lot of Bears fans are going to wonder, depending on where the Falcons pick, right? If they win a couple more games, they might be closer into you know, higher up into the teens. But if they like right now, I think they're they're at the 10 slot. Let, let's say hypothetically they land around there. Do you think they're a team that would be interested in moving up for the number one overall pick if a certain Chicago Bears team wanted to move down? Or does it depend on how big of a jump that's got to be for them? I think they will be interested. I think they will, you know, explore their options there. I think. That would be the thing that I think this organization would feel good about. Hey, you know, we went and got our guy. We got our franchise quarterback. We got our true blue number one, whether that's Drake May or Caleb Williams. I tend to think that Drake May would be higher on their list uh, on their draft board than Caleb Williams. Just, you know, maybe part of that's just the UNC connection between Arthur Smith and, and Drake May. But, um, you know, I, I think that would be kind of their plan A. But obviously where they're picking is going to impact that. Who wants to move back? is going to impact that and you, it, it takes two to tango yeah. and we'll, we'll see if the bears or, or someone, one of these other teams is a willing dance partner. Yeah. The Bear, bears fans are already going, all right, let's see first round pick plus next year's first plus the third first round pick plus throw in, 
Kyle Pitts or maybe <laughs> B. John Robinson, like one of your good, you know, throw in some first round picks and one of your good young players, then we can start to have the conversation there. Certainly a lot of a lot of offseason ahead to still talk about those potential trade situations. But I want to dive more specifically into this matchup today between these two teams that both teams playing for a lot, playing for their jobs, playing for their futures here. So we'll kind of go through where we kind of see the one-on-one matchups and positional battles that are really going to go a long way towards deciding this one as we continue our crossover Thursday Locked on Bears, Locked on Falcons podcast. This crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. You pick two to six players and whether they will perform better or worse than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money just by getting your picks correctly. So, unlike other daily fantasy platforms where you're making a lineup and you're trying to beat a thousand other people lineups with experts and pros in there, et cetera. This is just you versus the projection. So it's passing yards for Tyler Heineke or Justin Fields. It's receiving yards for Kyle Pitts or DJ Moore. Two to six of those, and boom, you can make yourself some serious money. It's a lot of fun. You can make the games that much more exciting. Try it for yourself. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's an extra 100 bucks to play with at prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL. PrizePicks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, as we continue our crossover Thursday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Falcons podcast, we talked a little more big picture where these teams are and where these two teams might be going. It seems like kind of the same general direction, uh, but they still have to figure out who's going to win this game, and the Falcons still have a much better playoff shot out of them, and so they got to win this game. The Bears want to save their jobs by winning this game. When you look at this matchup, what, what stands out to you right away is like, okay, I need to see the Falcons win here, or I'm worried about the Falcons trying to hold up here. Yeah, I think the, the two things, the two players on the Bears that worry me is Justin Fields and his mobility and Montez Sweat um, and his, his, sort of the hot streak he's been on the last couple of weeks uh, and especially been taking advantage of a lot of sort of backup offensive tackles at, at times. And the Falcons may be starting a backup offensive tackle if Caleb McGarry, their right tackle, is not back. Now, I don't feel great about Caleb McGarry going up against Montez Sweat, but I feel a lot better about Caleb McGarry. Uh, in that matchup than I do his replacement in Storm Norton just because Caleb McGarry typically struggles against speed and Montez Sweat is more of a power rusher. So I, I feel like, he, you know, and McGarry has gone against Sweat many times over the last couple of years with the Falcons playing Washington and has done a decent job against Montez Sweat. So that to me is going to be something important uh, and it will also help the Falcons run the football uh, where their run game last week was good, but in the game since McGarry has been absent have really struggled to run the football. But the, the big issue is containing Justin Fields. The Falcons have really struggled against mobile quarterbacks this year. Basically, if it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter uh, and the Bears have a chance to go down the field and, and score a sort of a game-winning sort of score, like, and Justin Fields can just basically single-handed just tuck it and run and get 40 yards a pop because that's happened multiple times to the Falcons this year with Josh Dobbs. Even Baker Mayfield popped off like a 40-yard <laughs> run to potentially put the Bucs in, in uh, the red zone back in week seven. Um, so... The problem with the Falcons is like they don't really have that sort of athlete at linebacker or safety that you would just say, okay, you're going to spy Justin Fields, right? The the player that that normally would be would be Troy Anderson, but he's been uh, out for the season since week three. Uh, and so it's going to really rely on the front four to be disciplined in their rush lanes and, and keep Fields contained in the pocket. Um, and that has, as I said, like they haven't done a great job doing that. And so that to me is going to be the key. If they can contain Justin Fields running ability, like he's going to get his, 
he'll he'll break a couple of runs. You know, they, they'll run QB power and whatnot, and he'll pop off like a 20-yard run. But it's like if you can just kind of limit it to like one or two of those rather than like five or six of those, like that will at least give the Falcons, I think, a better shot uh, of sort of keeping a lid on this Bears offense. How do you feel about the speed particularly on the defensive line, you know, the front four, and I guess for front five, depending on, on why you come after the quarterback. Because when when the Bears played the Cardinals last week, Justin Fields admitted after the game, basically like, listen, coming into this game, I knew this Cardinals defensive line was slow and that I could outrun them anytime. So he he would hang in the pocket and then he would just outrun a guy and miss tackle and then reset and outrun a guy and miss a tackle because he knew like this was not a, a pass rush that was going to chase him down out of the pocket. Like, sure, if you get a free rusher to the quarterback and he doesn't see it coming, okay, you're going to get him down. But if it's a foot race, he's not too worried about being chased down from behind, and he was able to just kind of run silly over them. Whereas I think when they've played defensive lines that have a bit more speed on the edge especially, he can sometimes get that confidence of like, oh, I can outrun this guy, and then he gets tripped up a little bit and and it has to sort of adjust over the course of the game. I know, like, Bud Dupree used to be that kind of speed guy, but maybe not at this stage of his career, and maybe the same with Clias Campbell. Like, I don't know, how do, how do you feel about the Falcons' speed up front? Clay's Campbell is definitely not chasing down anybody. That man is running like a 5-2 at this point in time. Anytime he's been dropped into space this year, it has gone very poorly for the Falcons, especially when quarterbacks run the football. Dupree isn't doesn't have that quite juice. Arnold McKay is probably the one guy up front that you would feel reasonably good. Lorenzo Carter is a good athlete, but I don't think any of these guys are really the types of guys that you would feel great about chasing down Justin Fields. And not only getting a hit on him, but also getting him down to the ground. That's the other problem uh, that defenses face with Justin Fields, where in a, in a lot of ways, similar to Cam Newton uh, and Josh Allen, like, sure, you can pressure him and you can hit him, but that isn't always successful at getting him down to the ground, which is kind of the important thing. So uh, I think I, I hope the Falcons speed is a little bit better than the Cardinals. I, I did notice that a lot last week Should watching be. the film, uh, but I don't know if it's, it's certainly not on the level of the Browns. Let's say that. So uh, it's probably closer to the, the Cardinals than it is the Browns. Yeah, there's a, a bit of a 180 there that Justin had to deal with in back-to-back week. Sure, and and on the other side with, with Montez Sweat, you know, this is this will be his sec- assuming Caleb McGarry plays. This will be his second game against McGarry because they went up against each other in back in week six. I was just glancing back at that game. It seemed like, like you said, like. McGarry did a pretty good job. Like, it's not, you're never, like, shutting him down, per se, but in terms of, like, on the scale of shutting him down to disaster, like, he was definitely closer to the shutting down end of that spectrum and ultimately held up pretty well. So I think that's going to be something that I'm looking for in this game is, like, the Bears are kind of looking for someone else to be a better complementary pass rusher at this point. You know, Unique Ngakwe is on injured reserve, and he really wasn't doing a ton, if we're being honest with each other. And, like, really, like, their second, who has felt like their second best pass rusher is their rookie defensive tackle out of Florida, Jervon Dexter, has really come on strong the last few weeks. I think in the last four or five or six games, I don't remember the exact span of the stat, he's producing, he's pass rushing at a better rate than Jalen Carter, the 10th the overall pick out of Georgia, who a lot of Bears fans wanted with that 10th overall pick. So there's a certain feeling like, oh, yeah, we got, they got our, they got our Jalen Carter in the second round. See, even, you know, it's not, that's an oversimplification, but he's come on. They're getting a little more interior pressure as of late that, that helps come together. And Matt Eberflus has become a little bit more of a blitzing defensive coordinator this season than we've seen throughout his career. He has not been the same sit back and cover two and be a soft zone defense all season long. It's been, they've been a primarily cover three team this year, doing a lot more single deep safety. And it's been a better fit for especially the guys in the secondary, but also let them get a little bit more creative blitz wise. When you only have one deep safety, that other safety can help you disguise either blitz himself or disguise some of your other blitzes more where they'll do a lot of sim pressures and drop a defensive tackle back into coverage. And sometimes they get burned by it. Like, 
David Njoku gets 30 yards on a third down in the fourth quarter of the Browns, and other times it works really well and no one complains. So it's been it's been a big kind of back and forth with this defense this year. And, and to me, like those two sides of the ball, the Bears, like I guess more, it gets to me it's more like the Bears offense and the Falcons defense is the one that I'm really more curious about because I feel like the Bears defense is pretty darn solid and the Falcons offense has some limitations. But the Bears, the, but the Falcons defense has been pretty solid and the Bears offense has some limitations as well. But to me, like, Fields is enough more of a wild card than what the Falcons have offensively, where the Bears offense is capable of big, but usually doesn't. Whereas the Falcons offense, to me, not that they aren't capable of big, but it's like Heineke has limitations and and Mm -hmm. dumping it off to Robinson and Pitts and et cetera can can do some stuff, but not as much as Justin can. And so, like, to me, it's like, how much can the Falcons, like, to your point, how much can the Falcons contain fields and hold the Bears offense down? Because I think the Bears defense can generally get the job done against the Falcons offense. Yeah, there's going to be a challenge because the Falcons offense is so much better when they can run the football, when they can just sort of establish the run. And that's been a challenge for pretty much every team against the Bears. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if the Falcons can maybe get a little bit more creative with ways to try to, uh, you know, maybe stretch that Bears defense a little bit more horizontally. I, I, you know, I saw Arizona have a little bit of success getting to the outside uh, against that Bears defense last week. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge, and I agree with you. I, I think really for the Falcons, like, they're kind of hoping that they can win like a 20 to 17 win. Now I would love to see the Falcons get their first 30 burger of the season and only the second 30 burger of the Arthur Smith era. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on that point, uh, but we'll sort of see uh, if they can do that. And that will make things a lot easier for them, uh, especially that defense. But um, yeah, I do think the marquee matchup is, you know, the bears offense against this Falcons defense. Certainly don't want to ignore that other side of the ball, but I I think we're on the same page there. And I think you started to hint at a little bit there of, of what the Falcons need to do in order to win this game. We'll kind of dive in through not exactly the game plan, but sort of the, the ideal strategy here of what both of these teams need to accomplish on Sunday in order to, for the Falcons to advance their playoff hopes and for the bears to try and keep their jobs at head coach and quarterback. As we continue our crossover Thursday, locked on Falcons, locked on bears. This crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So many people are on LinkedIn, literally more than a billion professionals. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure Aaron is also on LinkedIn. And if he's not, all of our friends, families, and coworkers are on LinkedIn as well. So it's giving you access to the best network of candidates possible. And LinkedIn knows that as a small business, you know, you wear a lot of hats and you might not have a ton of time and resources to sit down and work on hiring when you're trying to run your whole business too. So LinkedIn makes the process intuitive, quick, and easy. And they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions that make the process even quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as we start to wrap up our crossover Thursday, Locked on Falcons, Locked on Bears podcast. Aaron, you started to mention, like, for the Falcons, they want to run the ball and, and get that going early, and then that makes life easier on Taylor Heineke. I imagine that's the start to the path to victory. What, what does that look like on the other side of the ball for the defense? Like, how, how do you envision a 20 to 17 Falcons victory? Like, you not that that's your prediction, but that was your hypothetical. Like, how do you envision that coming to fruition big picture? Yeah, I think the, the three keys to victory on both sides of the ball are very similar for, for the Falcons. Uh, you know, on offense, you want to establish the run. 
on defense, you want to stop the Bears run because if Khalil Herbert and, and company get going, like and then you throw Justin Fields on top of that, like that's just going to be a long day uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think you want to limit explosive plays. The, the Bears seem to have a lot of success uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, delivering some explosive plays. Um, and that is a big way that they've been able to successfully move the ball down the field. Uh, and if you're the Falcons, you want to generate explosive plays. You you want to basically do what the Browns did in the fourth quarter. You want to do that in the first quarter and get that lead uh, by getting, you know, those 30-yard chunks to, you know, Kyle Pitts instead of David Njoku. Uh, but, you know, and I think for the Falcons, going back to you got to keep Justin Fields contained, right? The defense needs to keep him. Again, you're not going to stop him from running. He'll make some plays, but you just got to keep him contained so that he just doesn't take over the game. And in the critical moments, especially in the fourth quarter, if if the Bears are driving down the field, like he cannot break this team's back uh, by running the football. And I think for the Falcons, when you're looking at Taylor Heineke, you're just like, just don't turn it over. Like that's been the, the Achilles heel of the Falcons. Just like again, Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter, doesn't matter who is it. They're going to, they're going to put the ball in harm's way. They're, they, they are, they're going to fumble it just inexplicably. They're going to botch a snap. They're going to stare down a read and, and you know, Tremaine Edmonds or whoever is going to jump a, a throw or whatever. And it's just like every single week, it doesn't just like, please just don't stop. You know, maybe just give us a late Christmas present and, and don't do that again. That's that's all I, I want. So I think that the Falcons can do those three things on offense, establish a run, generate explosives and not turn the ball over. And the defense can stop the run, limit explosives and, and keep fields contained. That's their formula to getting that 20 to 17 sort of win or whatever the score winds up being. I think it's better for the Falcons if they can start fast again, like they did uh, last week against the Colts and put the bears on their heels. Cause I think if you can take their run game out of it and force fields to have to feel compelled to drop back a ton and, and win with his arm, I think that's the formula to keep a lid on this bears uh, offense. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and I think from a bears perspective, the bears have been pretty good at starting. I know starting fast feels like too strong of a word, but like <laughs> it's always good start, bad finish for this team. Like they, even against the, the Cardinals last week, they went up 21, nothing. And then the Cardinals made a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, and and that's happened. They've blown fourth-quarter leads against the Vikings and the Lions a couple times, and teams all season. The Bears do not finish games well at all. They get a lead, and they get super conservative, hand it off three times, and punt on fourth and one. Like, that's the kind of offense that we end up getting. And defensively, for whatever reason, in the fourth quarter, things start to fall apart. And you mentioned the big chunks against the Browns. Like, it's not like they're calling vastly different plays. It's just... For whatever reason, guys will make a mistake and be out of position or miss a tackle all of a sudden where they've been tackling fine all game. And I don't know. I still have not found a very satisfactory answer as to why under about four minutes left in each half. They're always bad in the two minutes in the first half and always bad in the last four minutes of the second half. That to me is where the Falcons, if if the Bears start start strong, like that's where the Falcons climb back into this game. They make it closer before halftime and at the very end of the game, you know, they also start pulling away in that regard. And that's what I'm concerned with. I agree from a game plan standpoint. Bears want to run the ball. Bears got to get out of their own way, not as much with with, penalty, with with turnovers, but with penalties. They always end up getting, you know, first and 10 becomes first and 15, and then second and 12 and third and nine. And it's hard to convert those over and over and over again. And it's just like, whether it's a false start or a, a delay a game or a holding or not really much defensively, but mostly on offense, like they end up hurting themselves in some of these plays and getting in tough situations for fields. Whereas if you just consistently stay ahead of the sticks, that's when this offense really kind of drives down and plays well. But often this Bears team right now feels like it, beats itself a little bit more often than other teams are beating them. And so I, I to me, that's what I'm kind of watching on this game is can the Bears play a little bit more clean in this game? And they really have not been able to all season, but that's one of the sort of 
measuring sticks for a head coach in terms of discipline and operation and philosophy, and it hasn't been what they need it to be. But, you know, they know that they're under the microscope and can try and tweak things and, and get something coming together a little bit more for the Falcons in this game, especially feeling like, okay, we don't have to be super scared of the quarterback per se. Maybe we can get a turnover off of him. The Bears defense has been generating a lot of turnovers in the last handful of games, albeit not the Cardinals game, but they didn't need them as much because they were up 21 nothing. But prior to that, they were getting three to four turnovers a game, and they've definitely been fishing for them quite a bit. So they're going to try and get one or two off Heineke. The offense just has struggled to fully take advantage of those and get touchdowns instead of field goals. So I do think no matter how this game goes, the, the Bears are going to keep the Falcons in it, even if the Bears start out strong. And I'm not super confident in the Bears getting yet another win. It's been hard to string back-to-back wins together for this team, and the Falcons are a little bit better of an opponent than the Cardinals were last week, and even that game was a little bit too close for comfort. Do you do you like 20-17 to 17 as, as your official locked-on Falcons prediction? I mean, do you think it's going to be low-scoring, or do you think it's just better for the Falcons if it's low-scoring? I think it's probably going to be low-scoring. I, I feel like this might be a field-goal game, right? Um, it's funny that you, you talk about the Bears getting in their own way. It feels like the Falcons all yeah. this whole season. And, you know, you, you know, the Falcons are better than the Cardinals. Well, it didn't look like that in, in week 10 when, when the Cardinals beat the Falcons. So um, with Taylor Heineke as a quarterback. So, um, you know, I don't feel good about this. It's, it's it, I basically probably have the same general outlook on the Falcons of, you know, general disappointment and, you know, skepticism as you probably do on the, on the Chicago Bears at this point in time. And it does feel like the Bears have been a little bit hotter uh, as of late, I'm hoping that what the Falcons did last week against the Colts is the new trend and they'll start looking like that. But they just have been so inconsistent when they have a really good game. You're like, OK, it feels like this team is about to turn a corner. Then they have a letdown the next week. Uh, that's been the consistent trend. So I'm kind of expecting a similar letdown this week. And, and so I feel like the Bears will probably eke it by in the fourth quarter. It'll be a one score game. And then Justin Fields will just you know pop a 40 yard run and set up a a game-winning field goal or something like that. Yeah, it definitely feels like a game that's going to come down to the end of the fourth quarter. And this season, generally, those have not gone the Bears' way, but it, it did It did against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, and it did against the Lions. And I guess, I don't know if you counted the, the Cardinals game as coming down to the end. They, they held the lead the whole game, so it wasn't like that much of a scare. But yeah, neither one of us trusts either one of these teams, and that's gonna, to me, that's what makes it a fun wild card game. It's like, oh, who knows what's going to happen? Either of these teams could be great, and either of these teams could be terrible, but I don't think they're both going to be great at the same time. So maybe they're most likely both going to be terrible, and they're going to struggle to both get out of their own ways. We're going to see a lot of punts and a 13-16 final score, and whoever kicks the last field goal pulls ahead for the victory. So... I guess enjoy, <laughs> you know, look, have fun watching that one. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be ugly, but hopefully not as ugly as what seven to nine versus the Carolina Panthers a couple weeks ago for the Cardinals or the Bears have had some ugly games this season too. Let's yeah. let's we can both agree on like let's get some more than one touchdown between the two teams because both of these teams have played in one touchdown games this season. Aaron, it's been fun. I I hope this is more fun than the season has been for you. But hey, at least you're still. Like a game out of the playoffs or still relatively in the playoffs. The Bears are in the hunt, but the last team to not yet be officially eliminated. So two playoff contenders on this game, but we'll see where things go. And certainly if uh, Justin Fields end up your way, we'll, we'll do this again sometime coming up this offseason. But that's going to do it for our crossover Thursday. For Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons, I'm Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Tomorrow.